Michigan State heads into Columbus. That's right, they get the victory. 62 for the Spartans, about 18 points for Ohio State. Regardless, hey, this is actually a really good win for Michigan State. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the man of the hour, Joey Hauser. And then, hey, it's almost tournament time. What does that game mean for what's going to go on in March? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Victory Monday. That's right. And if you're a Chiefs fan, I I can't imagine there's a huge overlay of Chiefs fans and Locked On Spartans listeners, but hey, if you are one of those four people, congratulations on your big day on Sunday, Spartans during the day, your Chiefs at night, and before going any further, yeah, we're going to talk about Spartans, not so much of your Chiefs, uh, with LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this here show. Actually, no, hold on. I'm going to address something. If you're watching on YouTube, you're probably very confused. Why is Matt in seemingly a a children's bedroom recording this show? Uh, It's another road game for me. Uh, That's right. We are in a a very sunny place down south. Uh, If you could see the character behind me peeking through that bunk bed. Yes, that is a Jawan Howard pillow. Uh, Again, if you're listening on the podcast, this makes no sense. This doesn't affect your life, but if you're watching on YouTube, yeah, this looks a little different than the normal home recording studio. Anyway, who cares about that? Let's get into Sunday's win. And look, it, it, it is a really good win. And okay, maybe I shouldn't say really good, but it, it is a really solid win. How about that? You like that really solid win for Michigan State? And no, it's not going on the road to West Lafayette or Bloomington, you know, and getting a, a win from an upper upper tier the Big Ten team, but look, um, I I know I know how weird this sounds coming from me because uh, Ohio State lost ten of eleven <laughs> uh, going into this game. The, the wheels have fallen completely off the bus uh, for Chris Holtman's season down at Columbus. Uh, but look, everything that we talked about on Friday's show, why Ohio State like is oddly a good team on paper. Like they are a top 20 team in offensive efficiency in the nation. They are a top 30 shooting team in the country. They take care of the ball amongst the best in the country. And they have three guys that can also shoot really well, too. Uh, Bryce Sensabaugh is a strong player. But we also saw that, hey, maybe on paper doesn't translate to on court because, well, Michigan State was the 11th team in the last 12 tries to deal a death blow to the Buckeyes season. But anytime. You can get a win on the road in conference play. You do not apologize for that. And look, there was something to be said about that because Saturday, this is just an example. We see it all the time, almost every single weekend now at this part of the season, that when a team is in the death kneel of the season, usually they'll get up for like one game, you know, something to feel good about. Uh, at the end of the year banquet, right? Like we just saw that Saturday night, Stanford below 500 team at home beats top five Arizona. Okay, it, it means nothing in the grand scheme of things for Stanford other than they can feel really good about it. But that's a game they get up for. And no, Michigan State's not like a top 10 ranked team or even a top 20 team. But as arrogant as this sounds, it is kind of correct that the name Michigan State holds a lot, 
a lot of substance in Big Ten circles. So, hey, you know what? Ohio State, we're slumping, but we're at home. We have nothing to play for. Maybe this is something we can feel really good about at the end of the season. And Michigan State did not even let Ohio State sniff that all too much. It got you know, a little dicey in the second half. Depends on your definition of dicey, but... Michigan State goes on an 18-2 run at the end of the first half. And hey, just like I said, that Ohio State, they don't really turn the ball over all that much. Michigan State turned them over early and often, forced four turnovers in the first five minutes, made it count. And the three players of the game for Michigan State were Joey Hauser, Joey Hauser, and then Joey Hauser. Uh, anytime that a man boards a plane, looking like he's going to be selling newspapers that read the headlines of the Titanic sinking, or anytime he boards a plane looking like he's the founder of an old Irish whiskey founded in 1759. Uh, if you did not see the pictures of Joey Hauser's plane outfit, this is very confusing to you, but think of any black and white photo that you have ever seen in your entire life, and that is what Joey Hauser looked like. Anytime a man steps on a plane looking like that, you know that buckets are also in his luggage, and he gave it to Ohio State. Uh, six of nine from three-point land, 22 points. Ninth time this season that Joey Hauser has had three or more three-pointers, and actually six threes in a single game. Ties his Michigan State record. He got six against Western early in his Spartan career, so uh, tons to say. About Joey Hauser. Uh, he he was the only guy that was really kind of doing anything offensively for a little bit. This was another sluggish start from Michigan State. It took until under 12 minutes. Oh, God, to get the sixth point on the board. We'll probably address that later this show. The uh, slow starts once again. But outside of Joey Hauser, uh-oh, it was not good. It was one of 13 from three-point land outside of Joey Hauser. So that's why he gets the three keys of or the three MVPs of the game I should say but that's not to say it was a stinker from everyone else it just didn't happen beyond the three-point line and it also didn't happen to the tune of a whopping 22 points there was a lot of dogness in the second half and I know that that could be a lazy thing to throw out there but it's what us fans like to talk about especially when it gets late in the season and oh we haven't seen the dog in this team yet or I miss the Spartan dogs like Cassius or Tillman and we haven't seen it all too much lately. Like that Maryland game was so just ugly. You know, you saw a little bit of it with Tyson Walker in that game. You saw a little bit of it in the second half here too. But also you saw from a lot of other players, not just Tyson Walker. Joey Hauser was doing his thing. But Jaden Akins, for as rough of a game as he had on the box score, I just really couldn't get it going. I think he missed, what was it, six three-pointers? Yeah, 0 of 6 from three-point land. Got it done in a lot of other places. In the second half, he had that big offensive rebound, uh, the big putback as well. He had nine rebounds total for the game. So, yeah, he didn't light it up necessarily shooting-wise, but he got it done elsewhere. And I think the defense, too. Okay. Incredible performance, especially on the road. Ohio State playing in a barn that they are comfortable in. And you hold them to... Just awful. Three-point shooting. Six of 29 from behind the arc. And they threw the whole kitchen sink at everyone, too. And as a matter of fact, as they've been doing the last few games, they've been throwing the kitchen sink at whoever the other team's premier guard or wing player is because you can when you have Jaden Akins, A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, and you can even slide Malik Hall up, too, because that's one of Michigan State's strengths that we'll get to in the next segment. 
But man, oh man, uh, in the last five games, okay, in the last five games, Michigan State's opponents are shooting 22 of 101 from three-point land for a 21.7% clip. That is abysmal. Michigan State was able to do that against one of the hottest shooting teams in the Big Ten at their home gym. I'm going to knock on wood, but stuff like that doesn't just seem like a fluke. And we're going to get a little more into that next segment and why that can maybe make us believe that, okay, maybe something actually can happen in March. Who's to say? That's been a big topic of conversation, and it will be until the season you know, ends, that whole thing. But until then, hey... As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, and they go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates possible. It is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions. That's right, Buster Brown. They apply. Now, that's right. I can. I, I. I feel it. I. I know what you're doing. You're rolling your eyes again. I, I could hear it because I'm about to bring up March and why this team could maybe make a run in March. That. That's right. I. I. I heard that over there. You just bang your head against a drywall again. We're doing this conversation, but we had a dip in this conversation, right? Okay. Uh oh, didn't look too good. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Not too long ago, the Purdue game did not go well. Nope, that was a, a stinker. Uh, even the win against Maryland, it was like, okay, that was as nasty of a home win as you could possibly get. You saw another ugly win like that against Iowa, and you're starting to think, okay, well, maybe it's just going to be like the last two years, but allow me. Close your eyes. Just dream with me. Just Let's all hold hands. What we saw on Sunday was kind of the recipe of how Michigan State can make a run in March. And no, I'm not saying national title. You know, Maybe I'm not even saying Final Four, but maybe just not getting 86th in the first weekend like the last two seasons. Because like we have said in previous episodes, you know, this team is veteran-led. They can shoot. They have good defense. The leadership can be there when it wants to be. But we kind of saw that unfold on Sunday in real time. And again, I know Ohio State, is not that great. They, they, they're kind of just done, right? Uh, oh, boy. Almost lost a dozen games in a row, but that's not to say there's not a lot of talent around them and playing in a tough spot like a road game. But it's just the way that they did it as well. Uh, the guard play, first and foremost. Michigan State's guard play versus the opposing guard play if that's not an absolute strength for the other team, Michigan State is going to have that as their strength in almost every matchup. And yes, there are some matchups out there where, you know, the A.J. Hogarth, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins trio will be outmatched. But it doesn't happen a lot. And this is something that we talked about on Friday is that, yeah, Ohio State, they have some good things going for them, right? Guard play is not one of these things. And, well, okay, you tie that in with the defense that Michigan State can have around the perimeter. Just like we said, the last five games, the opposition, 22 of 101 
shooting less than 22% in the last five games. Okay, that, that happens when you have sticky, sticky wing players and guard players like Michigan State has. So if you just don't have great guards on your other end, I, I don't know what to tell you. So if Michigan State can have a good pairing against a team that has weak guards, okay, that, that's one door into a run, perhaps. Or also, hey, um, <laughs> we talked about this on Friday too. Ohio State doesn't really have a physically imposing threat at the center position. And the Big Ten, chock full of them. And sure, you can see them around the nation as well, but it's not as heavy as it is in the Big Ten, it seems like. And if you can get a matchup against a team that isn't so center dominant, you know, like the Indianas of the world, the Purdue's of the world, for example, or we'll see what happens with Hunter Dickinson this upcoming weekend against Michigan at their home gym, but you get what I'm saying. Ohio State didn't have a dominant center, and it's no secret that, well, Michigan State kind of sort of really extremely lax in that position as well. And it's not to say that it's like, okay, well, hey, this is Michigan State's time to dominate. This is their time to flex what they have because, no, we didn't even see that on Sunday. I mean, the center position, you got 13 points out of them, which is actually a vast improvement than what you usually get, but it still isn't anything crazy. And, well, okay, two of those points are from your starter, Yikes. Oh my god, yikes. Uh, six of them from Jackson Kohler, five from Carson Cooper. Just want to add that all together. But yeah, as long as you can stay neutral at the center position, you're going to feel okay about things. But for, for me, it is just that guard play and the wing play and everywhere around there. And also, I want to hammer this point home. And this is, we'll talk about this. It is nice that you could be one of 13 outside of guys named Joey Hauser, and you could still win by 20 points because that is the bonus of having three guys that shoot over 40% from three, right? You got Tyson Walker. You also have Jaden Akins. All right, we saw Malik Hall, who's a 37.5% shooter. He stepped out, and he actually hit that other three-pointer that, well, the guy named Joey Hauser didn't end up making. So, yes, that is what you have, too, with the good shooting that you have with this team. You add that all together. You have the good defense. You can shoot the ball. Hey, let's get crazy. Maybe we'll have just more than one guy get hot from beyond three-pointer. Uh, that'd be cool. Just have two guys make their shots. We've seen it happen all the time, of course. Th- th- that's that's kind of the vision that you see right there. Um, we did get an email about this game. This is from Evan, and uh, he wrote this. This was while the game was still going on. Yikes. Uh, Sissoko needs to be talked about for at least five minutes. He is becoming unplayable. To see such regression is mind-boggling. Love the show, man. I love you, Evan. Thank you very much. And then he actually emailed on top of that again, like, <laughs> like I think nine minutes later, and said, uh, just kept on going, I can make the case that Cooper could give us the same level of play, and Madi should be third string. Cooper can at least catch the ball and has some sense of finishing ability. Madi was three feet from the basket and airballed at five feet right. I thought the... <laughs> I thought the DVR recording of the game that I watched the replay of uh, kind of glitched when I saw that shot because, oh, heavens to Betsy, that, that that was the miss of the ages from Madi. Um, I don't know if I could do five straight minutes of Madi because, God, Lord knows we've talked about him a lot recently, but yeah, it's a topic that's not going away. And hey, do you want to talk March? Let's talk March as well. You can't have that be your starting center. And the sample size is gone on long enough, whether you want to call it the last few weeks, which have not been great at all for Mr. Sissoko, who is, again, a great kid. By all accounts, 
great representative of the university, donates a lot of his NIL money, better person than maybe I or maybe even you will ever be. With that said, I, I think that me or maybe even you could play better center minutes than this gentleman right here. So whether it's just a few weeks of sample size, a few months of sample size, or even the whole career sample size, what else do we want to see? Uh, and once again, once again, we're going to do this broken record dance again. Uh, slow start from Michigan State. Uh, yeah, do you know what? I got to say on, on defense, it, it was a really good start, actually. Just like we said earlier. Four turnovers in the first five minutes for Ohio State. That's great. What'd you do with it? You didn't do a lot with it because the offense just doesn't get going early in games. Bad timing for that because, yes, they did start up 15-0 against Maryland. But if you want to take the last few stretches of games here, it feels like you're always getting to the under-16 timeout or even the under-12 timeout really sluggish. I mean, heck, the, the first guy that scored a bucket today was Jackson Kohler. I mean, and he had to sub in. And that was after, you know, two minutes of game time ran off the clock. And no, that's not all on Mahdi's shoulders. That would be ridiculous to put it all on just one position for slow starts. But mix it up. Try something new because, yes, this is something that you can't quantify really in a box score. I mean, I guess I can, if I'm really bored one day, go back and tally all just the drops and simple passes that he has. But, like, that that's something that I can see, that you can see. Like, it, that is really a hindrance to this offense. Yes, you would love to feed the post. Two issues with this, though. Really hurts when you can't catch the ball in the post. Okay, or let's say if some divine miracle happens and the ball is caught in the post, you get misses like you saw on Sunday more than you get makes almost. And I don't know if that's going to happen in March because everything we just said, hey, make sure that you get matched up against a team that doesn't have a dominant center. Okay, that's easier said than done, and that's not really in your hands. They might have an adequate center, and if that happens, then okay, everything we just talked about flies out the window if the other team also has pretty solid guards as well. So, no, I I am in the camp, firmly. I kind of tried to pull my chips off the table last week against Maryland after the 15-0 run. But, no, I, I think I'm all in on this, is that you have to have a different starting lineup. Like, winning the opening tip is fun. You know, it's cool. Guy jumps very high, very talented at that. Where does it get you, though? It gets you those slow starts more times than not, and I'm ready to just see Jackson Kohler give it a spin or Carson Cooper give it a spin because it is just sputtering to start these games. Didn't matter on Sunday. Clearly did not matter on Sunday, but I, we've seen it matter before. We've seen it matter before. All right, we're going to talk about what this game means for March Madness implications. Not, not just our visions of a run, but really getting out of brass tacks, what this means for bracketology. And is there a door opening for a Big Ten title? I don't think so, but hey, if you want to dream even harder, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I just need to talk your ear off about Built Bar. That's right, gang. We're talking about the best protein bar in the land. And like I always say, right in front of me is the copy for this ad. It says, hey, say it tastes as good as a candy bar. But I will not do that because I care about you. It tastes even better than a candy bar. I'm going to I'm gonna shoot you straight. I'm not going to lie to you. It tastes better than a candy bar. Take care of three things with Built Bar. Take care of your taste buds with awesome flavors like churro puff, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie. The second reason that Built Bar takes care of you is, hey, most of these things are just loaded with 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, but yet a whopping 17 grams of protein. You're not going to feel sluggish. You're not going to feel weighed down. You're going to get through your workout, your day at the office, your day at the grocery store, 
Whatever it is, you're going to get through it with power and strength with Built Bar. And the third way Built Bar takes care of you is with convenience. Built.com, one of the most easy-to-use websites out there. Find the flavor that you love or also for added convenience. Let's say you're at Walmart. Let's say you're at Sam's Club. You got a hankering. Hey, they're also on the shelves there as well. So next time you're at Sam's Club or Walmart, go over, get a four-bar box of Built Bars or just simply head to Built.com to load up on Built Bars. All right, let's take this uh, let's take this show home, shall we, and get you into the rest of the week here. If you've listened to this show previously, uh, whether it's weeks ago, months ago, you know that I am a crippling addict for bracketology, and now it actually matters, right? Like, th- this is actually, oh my God, starting to mean something here. And before the game, on Sunday, Michigan State, per the bracket matrix. Now, what the bracket matrix is, it takes a few dozen bracketologists on the World Wide Web, it averages them out just to see where Michigan State is seed-wise. They were an eight seed. Okay? The win, not a bad win. Might even be a quad one win. Okay? We're, we're going to see how the chips fall here at the end of the season. And not just with the Ohio State game, but also that Wisconsin road game. Might not be a quad one win anymore. That road Penn State game might not be a quad one win anymore. It, it might, but uh, th- those are two teams that are slipping. Oh, yeah, that neutral court game against Kentucky, that was a quad one win. Okay, that that might be going away against all odds. I mean, that was supposed to be one of the best wins that any team would get the whole entire season, and now like everyone's beating Kentucky. I was swore there. Um, it's it's not good. So another fringe quad one win. Maybe that bumps Michigan State up to a seventh seed, and that's what BartTorvik.com has Michigan State at after the game is right there on the cusp. They had that last seven seed game. And moving forward, okay, Michigan State's got uh, sorry six regular season games. I was going to say four games that they're favored in, but as a total, six regular season games left. Just to run it down for you really quick, home against Minnesota, at Michigan, home against Indiana, at Iowa, at Nebraska, home against Ohio State. Three home, three away. You are favored in four of those. The two that you are not favored in is the Michigan game, actually. Uh, Michigan is slight. 0.9 point favorites per BartTorvik.com. And Iowa, 1.7 point favorites. So not even heavy favorites. Whereas Michigan State is favored by nearly 16 against Minnesota. They are favored by 4 against Nebraska. Ohio State, they're favored by 6. But also that Indiana game, too, sandwiched between all that. 3 point favorite. So let's say that Michigan State wins the games they should and loses uh, against Michigan and Iowa. Okay, if they go 4-2 in the regular season, let's say they get a win in the Big Ten tournament and then a loss, that's a seven seed. Okay, great. Woohoo, I guess. I don't know if that moves the needle for you. Sounds worlds better than an eight or a nine seed to me, but I digress. Let's say that you're feeling spicy about our Spartans after Sunday. Let's say that you are buying the vision that, hey, this team is turning things around. Yes, you know, it was a lousy offensive performance, but let's not let's not stick our nose up at that performance where they held Ohio State to 41 points. Let's say you think they go 6-0 the rest of the season. Okay, that would put Michigan State at a six seed. All right, right now. Again, this is just Bart Torvik. This is the computers, not the humans. But we're starting to get to the point of the season where these two intersect and they're not actually as far off from each other as they are at the start of the season. So 
Six seed, not out of the question. Seven seed is most likely right now, but of course, this could change on a dime at any time if you drop you know, two of these games in a row or have a bad loss against, I don't know, Ohio State at home, for example. Uh, this could fall you back down to the eight seed, but it really seems like there is a world of difference between the two seeds and the three seeds, if you will. And that's why the six seed just looks so juicy right now, right? Because right now the top eight seeds, this is per the bracket matrix, Purdue, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Arizona, Texas, UCLA, Tennessee. Okay, th- those are your ones and your two seeds. You get down to the three seeds, you got Baylor, you got Virginia, you have Kansas State, you have Xavier. And right behind them, okay, uh, Iowa State, Connecticut, Marquette, Gonzaga. All right, let's say one of those jumps up into the three line. But like, while that Baylor, Virginia, Kansas State, Xavier group sounds a lot more appealing to have in a second round matchup than Arizona, Texas, UCLA, Tennessee. Um, of course, we could debate that all day, all night, but there's usually a big jump between one and two. This year, I think there's just that big jump between the two and the three seeds. So, yeah, six seed just sounds really good to me. And you know what sounds even better than that is a, a Big Ten championship. And this isn't something that, look, okay, I'm not going to go full crazy here. I don't expect this at all, in, even in the slightest. But, however, hey, the Northwestern Wildcats, they beat Purdue. Michigan State is now three and a half games back of the Big Ten title chase. Purdue, with five games left, um, we're going to need a lot of help here. They are favored in their last five games of the season, but on the road, just three-point favorites against Maryland. Hey, let's say something gets wacky down at College Park. Uh, Ohio State, okay, they're going to win by 1,000. But then, home against Indiana, it'll be a tough game, but they have lost to the Hoosiers already this year. Away at Wisconsin, a team fighting for its tournament life, and then home against Illinois, another solid team whenever they want to be. But again, um, these aren't games that Purdue is likely to lose. Uh, But let's say they do lose three of them for some reason. MSU uh, runs the table. Oh my god, yeah, that's your roadmap there. So if you're feeling really good about yourself on Sunday, and you think that Purdue... And the end of their season can find three or four losses. Uh, okay, that's where we're going to end the, the show on. It's just that that little nugget there. We're just going to plant that in your head and see what you want to do with it. Uh, or if you're just going to roll your eyes wondering why are we even talking about this and rolling your eyes so hard that they're doing a full 360 in your head, you could do that too. Um, but yeah, just hasn't been a lot of optimism on this podcast in the last week, but we're, we're trying to just jam it in there whenever we can. So there you have it. We will be back tomorrow, gang. Any questions, any comments, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. But until then, hey, hope you have a great week. Let's enjoy this Victory Monday. Love you all. Go Green.